This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Lord God, as, as we come to you today, uh, we come uh, with all of who we are, the good, the bad, uh, and the ugly. Uh, we come with our burdens and our, our weariness. And we come and we are received just as we are because of your grace. Lord, help us to, to leave our concerns with you, our anxieties with you, because you care for us. We thank you, Lord, that we know the extent of your love for us, uh, that you sent your son into the world and that Jesus came not only just into the world, uh, but to die for the world and that he did. Uh, but you're not a defeated king, Jesus. You rose three days later. You're our conquering king. And so we can bring all of us to you because uh, you are our redeemer. You are our sin conqueror. You're our storm stiller. You remove our anxieties. You give us strength. You give us power. You are our all in all. Lord, bless our time together tonight. Help us to grow closer to you, increase our faith and increase our love for you and for one another, for our community as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our, our thing tonight is leave your concerns with him. That's our main focus uh, as we go through tonight. So I don't know about you guys, but have you ever been on the If Only River? I know I have. If only I was you know, richer, if, if only I was thinner, if only I was faster, if only I get into that school, if only the kids would behave, right? If only the kids uh, would come home, if only I was better at time management, if only I had a better job, right? And it just goes on and on. If only, we always tell, you know, if only this happened, then I would have the good life. When I was in grade school, uh, I couldn't wait to get to high school. It's better in high school. When I was in high school, I couldn't wait to get to college. It's better in college. When I was in college, I couldn't wait to get to seminary. When I was in seminary, I couldn't wait to get into the public ministry. Does it seem like to you that the good life is always just one step away? It's just you know, one job promotion away, uh, one purchase away, uh, one election away. You know, the good life, it's out there, but it's always just out of reach, right? And that's because, right, this is what's key for us as we begin to make our way through things tonight, right? The good life begins not when, check it out, our circumstances change, but when our attitude towards them does. Huh? The good life begins not when our circumstances change, but when our attitude toward what all is going around us, when that changes. The Apostle Paul tells us this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, 
and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus with thanksgiving in every situation, in every prayer and petition, right? Thanksgiving, gratitude. We often talk about it, an attitude of gratitude, right? Sometimes we have a, a gratitude journal as well. When we get to like November, we have these things where we're going to post on Facebook, one thing I'm thankful for today and all that. And it's just gratitude's important for us day by day, not just at Thanksgiving time, right? Uh, when I was in college, one of the, the coaches that I coached with, Coach Paul Bertolas, he was just an amazing guy. He was always so thankful. No matter what anyone did for anyone, if he was present there, he was thanking them for it. If he heard about it later, he would go back and thank the person for what they did. It was just an amazing example for me just uh, truly a great spot. And you know what? When we're grateful, when we have this attitude of gratitude, what happens is we become less envious, uh, we become less materialistic, and we become less self-centered and, and self-focused. And so when we have the attitude of gratitude, what, what happens is that gratitude leads us off the bank of, if only, and it leads us right into the lush garden of already. Focus on what God has given you, right? When, when you're anxious, focus on what God has already given you. Walk around, look around, take an inventory of what you can see, take an inventory of what you already have with God. And I want you to know, that is really an amazing exercise, a wonderful thing to do, because when we start seeing all these blessings of God around us, what it reminds us of, oh, God is here. God is in this mix, okay? So I encourage you to focus on more what God has given you than what you don't have. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4. He says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. When Paul wrote these words, he was in a storm. Okay, he was in prison. He was in prison uh, not because he did something wrong and uh, he was waiting, the people were waiting for him to be remorseful over it. Uh, he was in prison because he was doing the right thing. He was in prison because he was sharing the most important and the greatest message that anyone could ever hear. He was sharing the message of the hope of Jesus Christ. And because he was sharing that truth, that hope, that comfort, he finds himself in prison. And as he's in prison, again, he's, he's saying, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. 
I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned, check this out, the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength, the secret. What makes you content? A lot of times it's like this, right? I'll, I'll be happy when work is done. I'll be happy when the dishes are clean. I'll be happy when homework's done. I'll be happy when I get the, the new car. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when we have kids. I'll, I'll be happy when we retire. You, do you understand what we're doing there? Uh, I'll be happy when and, and if what that is really it's called contingent contentment. I'll be content when this happens. And you know, when we have contingent contentment, what it really does is it turns us into anxious people. Yeah. Anxious people. When this happens, then I'll be okay, right? But the secret of contentment is Jesus. That's the secret of contentment. You see, can death, separate us from God? Can death take our joy? No, because Jesus has defeated death. Can our failures separate us from joy? No, <laughs> because Jesus has taken away our sin. He's defeated our sin. Can disappointment take away our joy? No, because while things may not turn out the way we want them to, they're actually turning out the way God wants them to. And God only wants the best for us, so it's actually good for us. Right? You see, Jesus is the secret of contentment. Jesus is the secret of contentment because he doesn't change. Scripture says of Jesus, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you have in Christ is greater than anything you don't have in life. What you have in Christ is greater than anything you don't have in life. You could have the whole world, but if you didn't have Jesus, that's when you would be missing out. That's when you would be empty. See, Jesus is greater than all the things and all the people in the whole world. Jesus is what we need. Have you ever, you know, had a, a storm in life? And, and that's why, right? We need to anchor our lives on Jesus because we do have storms, right? So maybe you think of yourself, you're out on a, a pontoon boat or a fishing boat and you just drop the anchor. You, you sit there and as the waves go, you know, you may toss and turn a little bit, rock back and forth, but you're anchored in. Anchor in on Jesus because we are going to have storms in life. Some of us are going through some pretty tough storms right now. We might even call it a perfect storm, right? Uh, some of us just got laid off after we just bought a house as we're just getting ready to go into a recession. And so it's going to be hard to find a job. And on top of all that, we just got sick storms in life. Paul gives us some direction when we're going through storms in life. He tells us this, he offers us this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, it transcends all understanding. The peace of God guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Are you in a storm right now? I want to recall for you uh, a words of a song that, that some of you know, uh, I'm sure, and that's a, a mighty fortress. It says, a mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. He helps us free from every need that hath us now overtaken. The old evil foe now means deadly woe. Deep guile and great might are his dread arms in fight. On earth is not his equal. With might of ours cannot be done. Soon were our loss affected. But for us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. Ask ye, who is this Jesus Christ it is of Sabbath Lord? And there's none other God. He holds the field forever. Is anxiety attacking you? Not only from the front, but from the back. And not only from the right side, but the left side. Not only from the top, but the bottom. To let God help you. Let God help you. Remember, some of you will remember on Sunday we talked about, we, we often carry around the weight of the world. It's a weight that we were never meant to carry. We just give it to God. Let God help you. I want to share an account with you from the Apostle Paul's life. Uh, this is found in Acts chapter 27, verse 23, and, and around it. And what's going on is, is Paul's in a storm, okay? And uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more as, as we go on, but he's in this, this storm. It says, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Oh, he's in a storm, okay? Uh, it's the perfect storm. He's out on the winter seas. There's a ferocious wind. Maybe some of you will, will remember from meteorology, uh, watching the weather on TV, what's called a nor'easter, how the, the storms kind of come across the, the, the west side of the U.S. and then hook up and go into New York and New England with a whole lot of power and steam and energy, and they get a ton of snow and wind and all that. We call that a nor'easter. This is where the original nor'easters were at. Okay, It's a winter sea ferocious wind, a cumbersome boat, uh, an impatient crew, and then a shipwreck in the cold, stormy seas. Paul said, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. We all have at least one angel watching over us. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? See, you can have peace in the middle of the storm. Because you're not in the storm alone. You have an angel with you. And you know what's better than even having an angel with you? And you have the angel with you. But you have God with you right there in the storm too. Even God is with you in the storm. And Jesus says, I tell you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. 
in times where we, humanly speaking, uh, should be upset, worried, we're not. Because the peace of God transcends all human logic, all human thoughts, all human scheming and efforts to explain it. God is with us in the storm. So we can have peace, even if it's the perfect storm. You see, you may be facing the perfect storm, but Jesus offers the perfect peace. The perfect peace. This is one of my, my favorite stories in the Old Testament. It's the story of Jehoshaphat. Find it in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Again, it, it goes a little bit before. It's in 19 and 21 as well. But uh, Jehoshaphat's in a perfect storm. He is a, a fighter king of the, the, the land of Judah. He has gone out. He has, has conquered enemies. And uh, that's all good, except now the enemies are coming back. And they're, and they're not coming back one at a time. Uh, they're aligning themselves together. They are becoming allies. And they have this huge army together. And they are now getting ready to go and defeat Jehoshaphat, okay? Tons of armies. And Jehoshaphat's response when he learns that all these countries, all these kings, all these armies are coming after him, the scriptures tell us in 2 Chronicles 20 that he sets his face to seek the Lord, okay? So he said, I'm going to go to you, God. I'm going to go to God. Okay, I got this problem. I've got this issue. I got this anxiety. I got this worry. I'm going to go to you, God. He declares a fast. He cries out in prayer to God. And in this prayer, he's, he just admits this deal. We have no power compared to these enemies. We have no power. More than that, even if we did, we don't know what to do, God. We don't know what to do but our eyes are on you. God, we don't have the power. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And God's response to all of that is, Josephat, don't get discouraged. Don't become dismayed. The battle's not yours. It's mine. God says to Jehoshaphat, don't worry. The battle's mine. I want you to know, he says the exact same thing to you. God says to you, the battle is mine. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be worried. No need to be anxious. I'm in this with you. And the battle is mine. Okay? And so... God tells Jehoshaphat, don't worry, don't be discouraged. It's not your battle, it's mine. And so Jehoshaphat goes out into battle, all right? Even though there's these huge armies out there, there's no way. And you know what he does? He puts the choir and the band out in front, okay? He's going to war, and he puts the musicians out in front with their trumpets and with their singing voices. That's the strength, right? And what happens is the enemy armies ended up turning on each other. They ended up fighting with each other. They ended up fighting against each other. Jehoshaphat had a huge 
victory, even though none of his soldiers ever even had to raise a sword. You see, Jehoshaphat knew that the battle really wasn't a physical battle. It was a spiritual battle. And all of our battles to one degree or another were spiritual battles. And God says, the battle is mine. And in Jesus, battle is won. Friends, in Jesus, your battle is won. And so we're in, we're in these storms. Let's go to God in prayer. Cast our fear, our weary, our anxiety on him. Pray to him. Admit uh, we're not strong enough. For admit we don't know what to do. Admit we've come to the end of ourselves. And then when God moves, we can move too. Just like Jehoshaphat. So I hope that uh, that leads you and me to, to lean into God with, with all the things that we go through in life, whatever they are. Uh, as we see that the battle is God's and that Jesus has won every single battle for us. Um, and that leads me to be thankful, right? We, we talked about the, the attitude of gratitude and things to be thankful for and to think about all the blessings that God has given us already, already, you know, and how that gives us strength as a reminder for us. And so as we wrap up tonight, if you want to, if you want to just write some, some comments in the chat there, things to be thankful for. I'm going to share with you some to be thankful for that, that sometimes we forget to say thanks for, like the forgiveness of sins. Sometimes we forget to be thankful for the forgiveness of sins. Sometimes we forget to be thankful for uh, the open door to God's heart in prayer. We get to speak right to God, heart to heart in prayer. Sometimes we're not so thankful about that. Sometimes we forget to be thankful that God has given his word. So we have all of his promises right there for us. So we can just turn it open and virtually on almost every page, we can find an amazing promise, something to build us up and strengthen us in that very moment in our life. Some of the other things that we sometimes take for granted is our ability to see, our ability to smell, our ability to touch, to hear, and to taste, our five senses. What are you thankful for? Okay, and let's close our time together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for this time together tonight where we've, you've asked us, we've seen that you ask us to, to lean in onto you and to leave all of our concerns, all our worries, all of our anxiety on you where we've seen that, that you are, you are, Jesus, the secret to contentment. That with you, we have more than all we need. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you've given us. We thank you especially for you. We thank you for fighting all of our battles. And we ask that you would keep us safe this day and forever. We pray this in Jesus' name who has fought and won all of our battles. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. 
For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.